Hi, welcome to the sixth episode of the High School Basketball Happenings podcast, a podcast that candidly discusses all the hot topics taking place in the high school basketball world. We are your co-hosts, Zane Motani and Paul Biancardi. First off, we hope that everyone is staying safe and healthy uh, to suggest that this time is anything other than unparalleled uh, would be a gross understatement. Just because we don't have any high school basketball or any sports taking place right now doesn't mean that we can't look to provide some fresh high school basketball content. So, Paul, how have you been spending your time during this unique period without sports? Well, Zane, from a personal perspective, I've been going to bed earlier, eating better, getting up earlier in the morning, uh, walking more than I've ever walked in my life. Uh, trying to spend the time on a healthy note while I'm home. And from a professional side, I mean, I've been really busy. We've had some commitments as of late. Some of the top players in the country, Zaire Williams, uh, number seven in the ESPN 100, just committed to Stanford. Josh Christopher, number 10, going to Arizona State. So the Pac-12 is really loading up with talent. Jalen Green, the number one player in the nation, is going to commit April 16th that's thursday it's going to do it at 1 p.m eastern time you know he's looking at auburn memphis oregon and possibly going overseas a dynamic two guard and and then greg brown who we had on our podcast last week uh he's going to do it the 24th of april and he's got texas auburn memphis and michigan and then our rankings are coming out our final espn 100 in the class of 2020 And then we'll launch our new classes, the new ESPN 100, the new ESPN 60, and then the new ESPN 25. That's seniors, juniors, and sophomores. So I'm busy. (laughs) Definitely a a lot of high school basketball stuff taking place right now. A couple of notes of what you discussed. So Josh Christopher's older brother, Caleb Christopher, is actually a freshman on the Arizona State team. Uh, He played in nine games last year, so I'm guessing that was a big reason for why Josh chose to go to Arizona State. Um, And then you mentioned Jalen Green may go overseas. Isaiah Todd actually just decommitted from Michigan and is going to explore professional options. Yes, and that was uh, not really a surprise. I think the undertones with Isaiah Todd has been uh, that he was looking around. I do believe that his relationship with Josh Christopher that I've been told by sources was very tight. And that if Josh Christopher did go to Michigan, uh, there was a good chance he was going to stay with that commitment. But now I think he's going to look, you know, at the professional route, whether that's overseas or possibly in the G league. Uh, We don't know. But the one thing we do know, Zane, is that even though games have stopped, the one thing that never stops, even when a coronavirus is recruiting, yeah, always got always be recruiting. You have so, to be. I mean, schools are doing it virtually right now. Kids are online, FaceTiming, Zooming with coaches, texting. Um, you have to continue to try to build your program if you're a coach. And the guys out there, even though they're not playing, you know, they want to be involved with coaches and communicate. Absolutely. So for today's podcast, we're going to talk about the Geico Nationals Tournament. And Early April is normally the finals of the Geico Nationals Tournament. Obviously, that didn't take place this year because of the coronavirus. Who's Next did release what the final bracket and seeding would have been. So today, Paul and I are going to spend some time debating how we think the eight-team tournament would have played out. 
So to orient um, everyone, the matchups or the bracket that had come out was uh, first round, one seed Montverde versus eight seed Prolific Prep, four seed Dorman versus five seed Lalumir, three seed Sunrise Christian versus six seed Oak Hill, and two seed Wasatch Academy versus seven seed IMG Academy. And Paul and I are going to go round by round and share our predictions. So, Paul, who do you think would have won each of the first-round matchups? All right, let's start at the top. Let's go one-seed Montverde versus the eight-seed Prolific Prep. I really like Prolific Prep this year. I thought they played together as a team. Uh, They had great size, and they had two dynamic players by the name of Jalen Green, the number one player in the country, and Namari Burnett, who's really effective and, and consistent. He battled some injuries this season, but I think Montverde wins this game. But I'm going to tell you this right now. I think Burnett and Green would have went for 50 combined, uh, and I think they would have gave Montverde maybe their toughest game of the season. But I'm going to say Montverde walks away with the win. Uh, the next game, the four-seed Dorman against the five-seed La Lumiere. I like Dorman in this game. I, I would have predicted Dorman to win this game I love the one-two combination of Miles Tate and P.J. Hall. Miles Tate going to Butler, P.J. Hall headed to Clemson. You know, they've won four straight state championships. I mean, this team is just well-oiled. They understand how to win. They can beat you with size. They can beat you with guard play. Uh, They can out-execute you. Uh, They do a lot of things well. And I love La Lumia this year. Pat Holmes did a fabulous job as Thomas Ryan has for Dorman. But I'm going to go with the South Carolina State champs in that one. Uh, the next one, the three-seed Sunrise Christian and versus Oak Hill. I'm going with Oak Hill. Cam Thomas, the best bucket getter in the class. Tight game. Sunrise Christian, uh, a really one of my favorite teams to watch because they're so disciplined and so well coached. They have across-the-board talent. Oak Hill, Cam Thomas, they walk away with the win. And then I have a big upset in the last game. I have IMG beating Wasatch. I think Springer and Matt Morell do enough in the guard spot. And then Brandon Huntley-Hatfield, uh, class of 2022. He is an exceptionally young talent. I think he does enough against Maddie Sisisco from Wasatch. And IMG pulls off the upset. What a what a tournament where IMG winning a game would be considered an upset, right? That just speaks to the the talent that would be in this year's Geico Nationals. I'm I've got a very different bracket, Paul. So I've got I agree with you with Montverde over Prolific Prep. We got to talk about what a fun matchup this would be. Montverde might be one of the best high school teams of all time against human highlight reel Jalen Green and Namari Burnett. Um, you know, you'd probably see the two best players in America, or at least in the senior class, and Jalen Green and Cade Cunningham squaring off. I would have really enjoyed seeing Coleman Hawkins, uh, who's an Illinois commit, against Dayron Sharp from Mont- Montverde. Hawkins really impressed me at Hoop Hall Classic when they went up against La Lumiere, and he had really one of the more uh, impressive unsung hero performances of that tournament. And then finally, I think Scotty Barnes against Jalen Green. Scotty Barnes may be one of the best defenders in America, and Jalen Green, who's a top three player, um, I would have loved to see how Scotty would have accepted that challenge personally and tried to tried to really limit Jalen Green in a way that not many people have been able to. So I've got Montverde over Prolific Prep. 
I'm going to go with La Lumiere over Dorman. So Miles Tate and PJ Hall are two of the better secrets in America. And Dorman really didn't get a lot of notoriety despite at one point, I think they were ranked in the, uh, you know, number two in the ESPN top 25 rankings. I don't think La Lumiere was very deep this year, but they were one of the best executing teams that I saw this year. I think Wendell Green Jr. would control the pace of the game. Kamari Lands is one of the better sophomores in the nation. And I think as long as Jaden Ivey showed up and contributed, um, which I, I specify that because I feel there were times where he disappeared when I would watch him this year. Um, I think La Lumiere gets by Dorman. The best team that I saw execute this year was Sunrise Christian. And you alluded to that as well. Uh, when I watched them at Hoop Hall, they absolutely dismantled a very long and athletic Hillcrest prep team. Uh, in that game, they shot 63% from deep. Uh, one of my favorite players uh, from that tournament was Zachary Clements. He's a 6'7 junior who's outside of the ESPN top 60 right now. But I think if there, if there is summer AAU basketball is one who's really going to burst on the scene. And I think he... Um, uh, I think he would really lead this team, and I think they would get by a Cam led, Cam Thomas led Oak Hill team, uh, which this year had a really good record, performed really well, but didn't have as much star power beyond Cam Thomas as they normally do. And then uh, finally, I think IMG struggles without a true point guard and perimeter shooting outside of Matt Morell, where you know they've been well documented to this point. I think Maddie, Maddie and Caleb Lohner do just enough to bang with Mark Williams and the other IMG bigs. And I think the perimeter shooting is what helps Wasatch get by the ridiculously long and athletic IMG team. So, Paul, you have Montverde versus Dorman in, the semifinal, in one semifinal and then uh, Oak Hill versus IMG in the other semifinal. Who's, who's going to the finals? Well, first of all... Uh... You know, you threw some analytics around there. That's the red ventures in you, right? You dropped Absolutely. all kinds of numbers. So I was impressed with all those numbers to back it up. I'm giving you more of an instinct, a feel of the eye test, but I, but I like the numbers. So that, that was a great job, Zane. Um, <laughs> into the semifinals. Okay. Montverde and Dorman. Now, when you get this far in a major tournament, talent is always important. And it's important to have the best player in the game. But also there's an extreme pressure when you're the favorite. And Montverde, we know, is the favorite. And we know a team like Dorman being so successful over the years, you know, as I mentioned earlier, they can beat you with maybe a physical presence. They can beat you with execution. They do things where you have to beat them. They're not going to beat themselves. But in this game, I, I got Montverde advancing to the championship because Kate Cunningham and Scotty Barnes will rotate defensively on Miles Tate. And, and as good as he is and elusive as he is and crafty, he's not going to be able to see much over the 6'7 Cunningham and the 6'7 Scotty Barnes. And I think that defensive matchup will be too much for Tate. And then inside, Dayron Sharp, he'll nullify P.J. Hall. That would be a great battle inside. And for me, uh, Montverde will, will get by in this game, but this one won't be easy. I see this one as a single-digit win for Montverde. Uh, the next game, Oak Hill against IMG. You mentioned IMG with guard play. Uh, they don't have a true point guard, but Jaden Springer has done the job for the last couple of years, and he's done it really well. Matt Morell shoots it from the outside. 
Uh, they're long, they're athletic, they play a lot of zone. But Oak Hill, they may have, you know, the best guard play outside of Montverde in this tournament. You look at the three-guard attack, Cam Thomas, uh, the leading scorer in the EYBL, and can get a bucket really anytime he wants in a variety of ways. Then you have K.K. Robinson, really quick guard headed to Arkansas, and Darius Maddox, who's going to Virginia Tech, 6'4", can shoot it. So I look at that perimeter of Oak Hill beating IMG, and, and they win this one by double figures. So I've also got Montverde over Lalumier. There's just too much size on the perimeter for Montverde, and I think Lalumier's season comes to an end here. But what a campaign for them. They went 21-3 and this year, and their three losses were Hillcrest Prep, Sunrise Christian, and Prolific Prep. Two of those three teams are in Geico Nationals, and Hillcrest Prep was once a top-10 team. Um, in the other matchup, if you're looking at just talent and top recruits, uh, I think Wasatch Academy has the advantage here. They probably have a little bit more star, star power. But Sunrise Christian's ability to execute and always make the extra pass, I just have this indelible memory of seeing just how good their ball movement against Hillcrest Prep was. I think gives Sunrise Christian the slight advantage. Uh, Kendall Brown, who just picked up an Arizona offer, he's one of the more unknown players in the that are who are ranked in the top twenty of the twenty twenty one class. I think he and Zachary Clements really have a chance next year to con- collect some real national notoriety uh, as a as a power duo in high school basketball. So I've got Sunrise Christian in a close one over Wasatch. All right, Paul, who's uh, who's winning Geico Nationals? Well. Montverde has had this game on their mind since last year when they lost to IMG in the semifinals. And Oak Hill had a really good season this year. As I mentioned, I, I love their backcourt, the three guards, um, and they, they've got size up front. And Steve Smith is an exceptional coach in the game. He, he's won a lot of games because, yes, he's had talent, but he also knows how to put his guys in the right position to win games. He presses the right button so well. Uh, but in this game, Kevin Boyle and Montverde have a lot more buttons to press. They have the best tandem in high school basketball with Scotty Barnes and Cade Cunningham. And and I can't say that enough because those two guys can not just influence a game, but they, they impact the game with their defense. And there's not a tandem in the country that can impact the game like they can on the defensive end. They do so on the glass and certainly they score the ball at a good clip. Cunningham, a much improved shooter. And Barnes just gets his points, you know, off the glass in transition. And he just punishes you inside. And and so they have too much talent. They have too much want in this game from last year. And and there's so many X factors uh, for Montverde. But for me, the guy who really stands out is Caleb Houston. I I mean, I just love that guy. Six, eight, long and can really shoot it. You know, he's unassuming on the court. He doesn't have a lot of attention because they have so much talent. But Caleb Houston is a guy who I think can just just be a difference for them in the big game where everybody's concentrating on Scotty Barnes and Cunningham and De'Ron Sharp, which they should. And I think Caleb Houston would have a big game. Oak Hill, great guard play. They got some X factors as well. Evan Johnson, a very good guard. And they also have uh, the kid that I really like, the, um, his name, I'm thinking of his name right now, Derek, oh, Derek Jones Jr., the 6'5", great athlete. So they have the athleticism, the guard play. They don't quite have the size. And Montverde wins this 
and they get another Geico national championship. Yeah, the question here to me is not if Montverde wins, but how much do they win by? I think the championship game is <laughs> 15 points plus in favor of Montverde. I don't think they had a single game that was under 10 points this entire year. I think the Sunrise Christian team will play hard until the final buzzer, uh, but there's just too much talent and depth between Cunningham, Barnes, Houston, Sharp, and the list just goes on. So I'm, I'm with you. I think Moses Moody and, and Kate Cunningham help uh, Montverde avenge last year's loss to IMG and do so in a very convincing manner. Uh, speaking of I, uh, speaking of um, uh, speaking of uh, uh, Montverde, um, news just came out that Jalen Duran, uh, who is the number two ranked sophomore in the nation, uh, will be attending Montverde next year. This is a little bit on the fly, uh, but Paul, what what player is what type of player is Montverde getting in Jalen Duran? Well, just think about Chris Weber, and that's what you should think about when you think of Jalen Duran. He, he's big he's massive he's strong he's got big hands he's a great passing big and he just he stays right between the lane lines and, and just dominates the glass with drop steps inside he scores so well and he's got a little bit of a face-up game but he's just an animal in the paint at the rim and, and I, I love his ability to catch and finish and his ability to pass the ball he's got all the tools and skills of, of a great big down the line the the rich just get richer. Yeah, they'll lose a couple of five star recruits, but uh, they've got a nice arsenal of five of of top recruits coming in right behind them. Yeah, Montverde has has done a sensational job of not just accumulating talent, but uh, Kevin Boyle. I say it on TV all the time. Is one of the best in the country of getting talent to play like a team and getting talent to defend, and that that's the reason why they were undefeated. Um, a lot of other guys could have coached this team this year and they wouldn't have been undefeated. And who knows if they would have won Geico Nationals. We both thought they would have against some excellent competition. That field was really strong this year with some. When you got prolific prep uh, with a tandem like Namari Burnett and Jalen Green as the eighth seed, you're talking about a high level event. But yeah, Montverde each and every year brings in some of the nation's best talent. Probably not surprising to most that both Paul and I predict that had Geico Nationals taken place, Montverde would have taken home the crown. Thank you for listening to the sixth episode of the High School Basketball Happenings podcast. Like Paul mentioned, the week of April 27th is when the updated player rankings will come out. Um, So stay tuned for those rankings and we'll be back with another episode in which we discuss some of the key shakers and movers in those new rankings. All right, thank you for listening to this episode of the High School Basketball Happenings Podcast. You can subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform. If you have any topics of interest that you'd like for us to discuss in our next episode, please tweet us at Paul Biancardi at Zane Motani.